all of you, this is Emmett Watkins Jr. I have returned once again, we have returned once again, back for another episode of Lost Hero Games Podcast. We got a lot of games to talk about, we got a little bit of news to talk about, but mostly games this week. Um, gonna be straight up, it's kind of derivative news-wise this week because E3 is not that far in the past and it's a lot of hangover stuff from that. But we still got one or two things to talk about, got a little bit of Last of Us 2 rumors to speak on. Um, a little bit of Sony patent stuff going on, um, and I might pick up another story while we're recording this, who knows, but honestly, there ain't that much worth talking about, but the person who's going to be talking about it with me is right here, what's up, Alan Mira, what's up, dude? It is the PlayStation Stan and Life is Strange fanboy. Yeah, or if you want to get the rhyme in there, PlayStation Stan and the Life is Strange fan. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. Maybe uh, I'll use my rhymes a little bit more next time, <laughs> but it's all good. Um, so yeah, uh, we're here to talk a little bit. Uh, as we said, the news will come on later in the show. If you've heard the show before, you know the whole rigmarole. Um, but we're going to start at the top with what we've been playing. Um, we've had our hands in a couple different games the last couple days. So um, yeah, do you want me to go ahead and kick this off, or did you want to you know hop on this? Uh, sure. I'll start. I, I've mainly been playing. Uh, my friend is pa- my friend Pedro. I, I almost spelled it and said my friend is Pedro. <laughs> yeah, just like me. Vote I for Pedro, though. That. Vote for Pedro. Vote for him. <laughs> I'm playing that in Warframe, or Warframe. I just got back into, mm. and man, that game is so fun. Yeah, I, I've been hearing like I've seen all the reviews for it, and it just it just looks like a blast to run through. Yeah, I was. I actually. Someone I like uh, a friend of mine. Like every time I, I'm on Steam, so it's like so and so is playing Warframe. Like, what's I got? I don't understand. And then I, I watched the Best of Giant Bomb with Mike Mahardy, uh playing like at the East Giant Bomb or Giant Bomb East. Crew, yeah. Playing it with or showing off how, like the game, and I thought, I wonder if I could be that good, or if the, or is it, or if it's just Destiny. It is yeah. much better than Destiny. See that I keep hearing that a lot as well. So, the way it works in that is you're so it like not. I'm not saying it's better than Destiny Two because that that game is still fun. Yes, I can agree with that. It, it the, seems like it just has a lot better movement. That it has has a story. You get you there's three classes. One is combat heavy. One is it's a bit like. Mass Effect. Okay. So, like, first I spent the first... I spent... I played it in two sessions to, earlier today. Mm-hmm. And because I... Because I messed with some stuff on Steam that I shouldn't have... Uh-oh. I, I, I had a problem where the camera was rotating automatically. As if I was... Okay. As if I did... I was doing a uh, rubber band trick with the right analog stick. Oh, God. That was probably annoying. Yeah. I turned off. I went to the Steam overlay and turned off Xbox, like like automatically detect the Xbox and jump back in. And yeah, it had it's like I you get to choose a melee weapon, sidearm, and primary weapon. So you can either okay. choose a like or in the beginning choose either a sword like a a sword or a, like a bow staff. Okay, yeah. So I, can I went with that the one. bow staff. Or I end up with a bow staff, pistol, assault rifle. Okay, that's a good and I, combo. I was just I was just murking people. 
And I did not realize... I forgot... Like, last time I played this game was... Around the time Destiny first came out, back in 2014. Wow, shit, that's a long time ago. Because said friend... Who's who, who always plays? Who's been playing it since, like since it launched on the PS4? He, yeah, that's even that's like 2014 as well, I think. Yeah, and it's 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 last time I played it, like I said, five years ago. Yeah, five six or five six years ago, and it's like I just picked up where I left off. Oh wow, you remembered where? Or it wasn't like jarring or anything to come back after all that time? No, like they show they tell you, like what button does which. Like through the tutorial, the first tutorial mission. Oh, okay, that's not too bad then. And You're... and the thing, it's one of those great podcast like games where you can listen, you play something in the background. Oh yeah, a lot of games so, I've been playing this week are that those types of games. So I was playing, I was like I had best of giant bomb on the background, and I remember as I was playing through the second or third mission, it was the Mac Kessler Dave Dave Lang showdown at E3. Uh, last year, last year, <laughs> yeah, where Dave Lang just flipped him the bird. <laughs> Good moment. And uh, <laughs> uh, sorry about that. I just just had to talk to my sister about something. Oh no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, but I said there. I, the reason I'm bringing up the giant bomb, best of Kessler called uh, Lang a late or uh, or end game bloodborne motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. Then they specific. This and then the one, like I was watching the one from this year's E3, earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And John Drake was talking about how he 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 uh about how big Adam Boyce's head is. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> He's going brain school with the insults. I for I'm trying to remember what Dave Lang's like his go to like his insult or his diss on him was. Yeah. Oh, found it. Castle Grayskull looking motherfucker. <laughs> Holy shit! And I, was, like, I told, I pasted, like, I, like, I typed it into the, uh, like, whole thing about the whole thing into the chat, and with the res- right after that, with, I love the games industry. Damn, be like that. <laughs> I, I love how fucking it's like they don't care that they're one of the most known sites. It's like, oh man, we'll just fucking, we'll just roast each other in front of a live audience. It's whatever. <laughs> It's good. They they all just pal around. It's some good stuff. Let's see here. The the only thing I was not happy about because I like ended up watching the what I what I hoped would be an, another year of boys Vinyaki and lying and because or because John Vinyaki is with Nintendo, he can't show up. He can't catch up. Uh yeah, because he's probably under a little bit more you know tighter leash and everything. Yeah, than he was with Disney. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. But s- someone uh, like it was, it, they got another they got someone else who like who uh, like another former guy who worked at Midway. Yeah. Who who like eventually would take over, and he was telling us a story about like they're like he's not here, but try like you have like yeah I'm sure you have a good story about like they were like sharing stories about John Bignacchi. Yeah, behind his back. <laughs> and oh, yeah. they mentioned uh. Someone mentioned that I want to say it was someone, something builder. Not Bob the. <laughs> Mike Builder. Mike Builder. Okay. Shoot, I would have pulled that out. He he. 
became like he like he was a higher up. He he's uh, the head of I think the people like the company that does Jackbox. Oh okay yeah well Jackbox games yeah yeah and he said first he he just he just flat out said John or Johnny <laughs> yeah and then he said oh never mind, I mean someone and it was wow. he was like and was like they had a little too much to drink and they said you used to be cool and they, or said person told Michael there you used to be cool but now you're like having a having a kid oh god and he he did like he he did like a soft, a light backhand <sighs> wow and i think like hurt like damaged vinyaki's nose <laughs> holy shit that might actually be a problem and yeah like he, they said he, this on the like the late 93 stuff yeah uh night three. Oh god it was one with uh dave lang and boys casey malone John Drake, Mike Builder. Yeah, okay. I gotta watch someone with John Drake on. Honestly, the the stuff with Xavier Woods, um, Patrick Klepek, Janina. Oh, yo, awesome, I gotta awesome watch Walker. that clip too. Yeah, that that was just like a great like group of people to put in at once. Like, and that, they were they end up closing the show. That's a perfect closer. That's the best group they could have got. I mean, technically, they did have like a end of show thing with. Where Xavier Woods was, he was he was like in the interviewer. He was like being Jeff, and interviewing Jeff and Dan Reichert. Oh wow! Okay, that's clever. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a role reversal type thing. Well, hey, sounds like uh, I mean Gamespot or wow Gamespot. That's where they used to be, but uh, Giant Bomb always has really solid like E three shows. Um. I really like a lot of the stuff they do. Um, but anyway, if I can turn it back a little bit towards Warframe. Back, yeah, back to yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for Warframe, I mean, I actually, I used to play a little bit of Warframe back in the day as well. Um, I actually played it before it was even on PS4 because it was one of the only games that I could get to run on my laptop back when all I had was a laptop. So I, I played a lot of that. I played like a probably a good like 15 20 hours of it years and years ago but then it came to ps4 and i was like oh i'm gonna start it here but then i just wasn't for whatever reason i just wasn't doing it on ps4 um and now that i have a computer that can actually run stuff again i might i've been thinking about diving back into warframe but i just know that it might be the end of my life if i do that because that game is really fun like just on a base gameplay level yeah like i was playing earlier and I was like really getting really I was getting really into it like I was and I think that was a first, that was a game that did wall running before uh before Titanfall before Titanfall before Call of Duty I mean probably let me see when it yeah it came out in 2013 so yeah it predates a lot of them and I mean that I don't know I'd argue it's, I'd argue it's just, their wall running's a little bit more awkward to do but it, it yeah. had it so I can't really argue with it I, I need to play. I need actually a, answer me this. Like, as far as like, what what has changed since you played it last time? Like, I know they added more content, but like, have they made like the movement systems? They have they expanded it more? Because I really like the movement original. You know, I'm sure that they uh, added some stuff to it. Everything's fluid and part, feels part feels great. <laughs> and the shooting is even better, despite okay. being in third person. I mean, third person shooters are like kind of my like. 
if I well, I guess it depends. If I'm shooting at AI, I want it to be in third person. But if I'm shooting at other like human controlled enemies, then yeah, usually I'm with the first person on that because that's and just it's easier for me to get aim and stuff. This isn't like like I'll just do a, a, a like one last like compare with uh, Destiny. Then we can yeah. go into like go into like the back and forth of what we've been playing. Yeah, and throughout the entire game of like Destiny One. Not not Destiny two like they obviously changed and did like got better. Exactly, yeah. And the first Destiny, it was solely about so, mainly a party like a co-op or cooperative experience. Warframe, simple, basic, and it worked, and still does work. Oh, okay. So this is like, like kind I, of. I I remember away. launch launch day of Destiny playing it. And getting so goddamn mad because, like, the people I knew who would, who purchased it were on the West Coast. Oh, so it was just a nightmare trying to get, like, decent connections on games. Then I kept getting lost whenever we, we, oh. we would get together. Like, we, we would play online. Jesus. Sounds like the worst. Yeah, it feels like being, like, the... It, it literally is being, like, the, the one person who can't, who can't catch up to, like, he, wait for me! <laughs> like when all your friends are at level twenty and you just bought the game, like that type of feeling. Oh no, no, it, it felt like it felt it literally felt like you're playing or you're hanging out with like your your friends. They're doing something cool and you're like, wait for me. I want to experience the cool stuff. Damn. So it's more of like, they're physically leaving you behind rather than like you know, in skill. It's like literally the connections keeping you from like being on their level. Yeah. That's fucking. That's wild. Well, hopefully, I mean. I, I have to get the Warframe sooner rather than later because I know with all the changes that they've announced with Destiny, um, actually, I don't know if we've talked about that much. Uh, I, don't think on the we, last I, don't, I don't think we have. Well, hey, shoot, that might be the next, uh, <laughs> the next the thing. Third news story? About. Exactly. Third news story will be Destiny news because um, there's a lot of Destiny news. They even had a little bit this week, too, so all that combined is going to be a good one. Um, but yeah, I know Destiny, a lot of their uh, big new things that they announced, uh, that's all going to be starting in September with the new expansion. So if I'm going to get back into Warframe, I'm going to have to do that like quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because I, I mean, only have, what, two I mean, more hell, months? The only reason I, I'm, I'm playing Warframe is because I didn't want to spend the money on Final Fantasy XIV online. Oh, God. You'll, you'll be there all all existence in that game people yeah, like play like, that and lose their whole life i like again going back to giant bomb when i was watching their e3 talk talking over yeah their, i think i forgot which oh no it was the square conference they were jeff i think it was jeff or alex or someone said yeah i've i know people have played uh final fantasy like ff14 mm -hmm. and they're like don't get into it it will consume you exactly like I, I just heard so many not horror stories, but just so many people were like, "Yeah, I'm trying out Final Fantasy 14," and then literally seven months later, they're like, "So I'm level 400. I'm a baker, <laughs> and all I do is fish and bake and sell my uh, goods." What was the uh, term for like? I know it wasn't Fantasy Star. It wasn't. It was a PC. Runescape. No, it was. <laughs> oh wait, are you talking about uh, Second Life? No, it was a. It 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 was a like. It was something. It was a game that was used in the anti-video game, like video game, uh, like violence in video games. But it was an MMO. Oh, what? Everywhere or ever something online. 
Oh, ever oh the Sony one EverQuest. EverQuest, ever like EverCrack. EverCrack, <laughs> really? Yeah, and this was stuff like the late '90s, early 2000s. That's fucking horrible. EverQuest or EverCrack? Literally, there's a 2002 CBS News article. Oh my god, I want to die. <laughs> so outdated. Oh no. Well, hey, that just shows to see just how far we've come. Where they say games like that. Okay. EverCrack. And now look at where we are. Urban Dictionary for Evercrack. A slang term for the popular MMORPG EverQuest. Evercrack jokingly <laughs> refers to the game's addictive replayability by comparing it to addiction to crack. N- no, he can't make it. He's at home playing Evercrack instead. And <laughs> and that was in July of 04. That's when that wow, felt that like that's... around. I never would have guessed. Oh, man. I mean, those that kind of stigma just sticks around, I guess. But, eh. It'd be like that, though. I guess all we can do now is well, hey, now every now everyone's kids in America are is playing Fortnite, and that's like damn near the same type of game where it just has unlimited content and you play it forever. Oh well, um, so let's well from there. I mean, I I want to get into I, like I said, I want to get back into Warframe at some point soon because I, I enjoy that game and I remember liking it a lot. But um, in the meantime, uh, there's been some other games that we've been playing, and I want to bring up a smaller title that I've been that I've tried out a little bit of. Now, this game's like super short. Um and it's on Steam right now. It's actually there's a Steam sale going on, of course the summer sale. Um it should be going on by the time you listen to this episode, so feel free to check it out. Um it's called Bright Memory. Um and it's it's a little bit obscure, so give me a second to like explain it to you guys. So it's in early access. It's literally like episode one of like some episodic thing they're doing. And this game is wild. So it's like, think like the aesthetic of Titanfall. Think it's, it's like a Japanese first person shooter. And think like the aesthetic of Titanfall. So you have like ammo counters on the guns and that whole like near future aesthetic and all the weaponry and stuff. Oh, but this it has... is totally like um, Advanced Warfare. Yeah, sort of. it's... It, a lot like Advanced Warfare, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, yeah, that's a good comparison. But, like, it has the melee combat of, like, a Dark Souls, where you have, like, stamina meters and stuff when you, like, swing swords. And then they also have, like, you have a dash, and you're just dashing out of the way of enemies. Where it think like Doom, but instead of you being able to just run really fast at all times, you're dashing to get distance and then, like, you know, unloading on them then reloading while you're dashing away and then that's kind of the dance of combat and then there's a lot of like juggling where you're throwing enemies up in the air and then using your sword swipes to like keep them up in the air and then using shotgun blasts at a distance it's a really weird combination of like think like your souls like gameplay but i know everybody compares everything to dark souls but this game is totally like you can see the dark souls influence but it's just not as obvious when you're playing it because you're playing a first-person shooter. Like I've only I've only played maybe about like an hour or two of this, but oh man! And then it the scoring system is totally Devil May Cry as well. Well, give you like like there's literally like S rankings and stuff for like multi-hit combos and stuff like that. And it's really like it's an odd mix of genres and gameplay styles, but it works really well. And apparently the game is developed by one dude. Like, and especially if you see gameplay footage of this, like, it looks... And this just came out in January of this year, so it looks, like, beautiful, like, graphic, graphically. 
like it just looks out of this world like a like a unreal demo or a CryEngine demo or something like that um, yeah like i was i was watching some gameplay and i just saw a dragon fly by I'm like what yeah like it's guns weird and, like guns and dragons like what the the whole aesthetic of the game seems to be because i played it and the whole thing is you steal some type of time machine thing from some evil bad guy but you're you start off in like this techno of course like near future universe and then after you fuck with whatever time machine happens something goes wrong and you're transported into the past what looks like and then you're fighting i don't know if you actually get to fight a dragon i haven't gotten that far but i've fought some like ghouls i've fought some there's like a big like devil knight with a shield and everything like something straight out of dark souls and you're fighting that with like smg ammo and shotguns <laughs> and then your sword I, I said you got sword swipes and everything but your sword actually has like range to it so it kind of yeah, sends I, like force fields out yeah i know that as well it was like a bunch of like undead or undead folks were trying to get you or get yeah. this for the first time i saw uh, streaming it and yeah. like the the like the streamer was doing the sword swipes then just doing like a like a pulse wave or something, or like an energy wave. Yeah, I'd like to like, back them up. Yeah, yeah. Looks, this game looks interesting. Yeah, it's very. It's just really cool for the fact that it was made by one dude, and the fact that it was like I don't know. It's just really impressive for what it is. Now, as I said, it's very short. It I think somewhere in the game, maybe even on the Steam page itself, it says it's literally like episode one of what is expected to be a full price product, um, or like a full scale product, but. Even though it's just one hour, and there's not even, like, achievements or anything in this game, but it's a really cool one hour. It's a really cool look into, like, you know... Wait, is it a Steam game? Oh, yeah, it's on Steam. It's actually, it's part of the, the summer sale, and... Yeah, if it's a Steam game, it has achievements. Eh, I mean, it... Oh, wait. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It, it does have achievements. It didn't have it listed. Every, every Steam game has achievements, or most of them. Yeah, most of them, yeah. I I've seen a couple without them, but eh, that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, uh, in the Steam sale, it's actually right now it's six twenty nine, So, it and it's usually going for 7 bucks anyway, so it's not that big of a discount. But even 7 bucks, I'd recommend this game. It's uh, For what you're getting, it's a really, really cool look at what could be a really solid full-scale game. Um, and good luck to this developer. Uh, I guess what, what's the name? Uh, FYQD Studio. Um, he really has something special on his hands. I, I want to see where this goes. See if he can capitalize even more because it's definitely giving me those like, like it's real. It really is like Titanfall mixed with Dark Souls. But because I mean they do have like the gothic stuff is that you'll see in Dark Souls as far as like the enemies you're fighting. But like I feel like a better comparison is maybe the Surge. Because yeah. that game is basically Dark Souls with a similar aesthetic that this game has with the techno future stuff. So, um, yeah, I I'm really digging that game. I'm probably going to – I, I want to beat that sometime within the next few days. Um, but, yeah, that one's really dope. Uh, yeah, was was there a second game? Or I'm, I'm pretty sure there is a second game that you want to talk about, and then I'll go ahead and talk about another one for me. Yeah, uh, I, I I was going to talk about this last week. Yeah, and then we <laughs> – and then we, do we talked a week off. Yeah, yeah. Let's Sorry just say about we took, that, y'all. We, we, we took last week off because, yeah. honestly, there wasn't really much news. Yeah, I agree. So not too much guilt in there. And you, I'm, it's pretty clear what I'm going to be, what I'm going to talk about because I did an LSG plays for it. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, I know where this is going. My friend Pedro. Bingo. 
Yeah, I've been excited to hear you talk about this one because I'm wanting to pick this one up too. I I was excited, like I I was interested from like in the concept and the way yeah. things looked, like just screenshots and stills. Then I saw, then I read uh, what Graydon post like wrote about it and during his uh, Pax Pax East or Pax West stuff. Yeah, and that kind of just like super sold you on it. Well. That and they were, it was like fifteen or ten, five, like five percent. Was there was a discount where it was it would cost it was like seventeen ninety nine, sixteen ninety nine. Yeah, I mean there is a launch discount. I think it's like ten percent off right now. Yeah, so I played it, or I bought it, I or I pre-ordered it, mm-hmm. played it, recorded and... about ten fifteen minutes gameplay <laughs> of the first. As you can see on the channel. Well, I I then decided I I just then realized after that. Oh wait, I can actually move. Oh, I'm an idiot. I could have recorded more, or right, I may <laughs> I may end up doing more because. Like, oh I yeah, could, like that that game is just so fun to play, dude. You, it look it looks like one of those games where it's just like sheer like gameplay feel is on point. Yeah, so you, you, you the game is basically just killing. <laughs> the game's just murder, y'all. Wrap it up. <laughs> except, except if you if you're if the the guy or if your if player character ever got caught he'd have to plead insanity because he was he's being told to do this by a banana <laughs> god that's a hell of a technicality but you are correct so it's there's sort of like a it's t- like it's uh, obviously if you've heard about the game or seen anything it's 2d mm-hmm. true it's 2d it's got it's a bit like it has it's sort of like what was that game I was talking about a few weeks, like a, week, a couple weeks ago? Uh, that had elements that I was really like the into. slow motion elements. I'm trying to look this up. I remember uh, it was a new release. Oh, Days Gone. Oh, oh, okay. That's not what I had in my head at all, but yeah. Where it has it takes it has like a little bit stuff from other games. Does it on a two D scale? So it has some parkour elements, a la Mirror's Edge has the sort of aiming style of, say, Contra or Hotline Miami, another Devolver game. Yeah. It, despite being, like, six, I think 16 or 32-bit, it it looks... It's not one of those games where, like, say, Firewatch, where it's, a, it's an indie game, but it has, a, like, an interesting art style. This is sort of trying to be a little realistic-looking, but it still within that within the art like the pics like the still within that art style it still you know looks yeah. like it so and so like the it's not it's not it's one of those games where you don't feel you, you don't feel like bad about what you're doing yeah it's not like the last of us or something where you have to hear their screams so you're i played i last week i was playing i played last week then or the week of e3 or no yeah week of e3 I think I don't remember. It's been it's been a hazy. It's been a, it's been a long month. Yeah, it has been. <laughs> I agree fully. So I finally got around get around to playing to it or get around to playing it, and oh my god, Uh-oh. like it felt like it, I posted I put like I mentioned in the chat a, a while ago that I purchased a uh, Stranglehold, like for Xbox 360, like the oh. sequel to Hard Boiled or yeah the video game sequel. Yeah actually owned that on both ps3 and pc <laughs> uh, that was 
Like I, w- I was that was the game I was like back in 07. I was out of the, I was thinking like I was dead set on getting that game. But then the last minute I ended up getting BioShock. <laughs> that was probably the best choice. Honestly. Yeah. It was all because of that demo. Yeah, that demo is excellent. Scared the hell out of me, but it's a good demo. <laughs> so, and so I end, I don't like I end up pl- renting Stranglehold from Gamefly, and I felt disappointed. Yeah, it's kind of well. Did you play it like immediately after Bioshock? I played it uh, a few months after Bioshock, and like I was getting I was real I was getting to the point where I back when Blockbuster was still around, and had their com- trying to com- like pre Netflix or during before netflix hit big with like streaming oh this is like they're like what they're, when they're like all access or something they had yeah they would if like there's a special membership thing with blockbuster where you would get select movie or certain like movies within a certain range sent to you yeah i remember that yeah so i i logged into my mom's account and ordered or not in order I rented, or I put in the queue for um, Hard Boiled. <laughs> Just so you could, like, see the inspiration for it? Yeah. <laughs> Probably a good call. I Well, I was about, I want to say, 13 when I came, when I tried, when I tried watching that movie. And, and that, that ain't for 13-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it's not. And, I, like, I couldn't understand it. Like, or I, I wasn't... This was before Yakuza and everything, where I would grow to learn to enjoy, like subtitled uh, stuff. Yeah, subtitled foreign films. Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. And well, to cut to the chase, this my friend Pedro feels like the action scenes of a John Woo movie. I so like when, when, when I was playing earlier, you have you there's like a swing mechanic. Yeah, like like you you're swinging up from hook to hook oh oh okay i've actually seen like glimpses of this i didn't know it was like you know sounds almost like platforming there is some well there's a bit of plat yeah like puzzle slash sort of like puzzle platforming Mm -hmm. where you're swinging and then trying to get from one like trying to get from one place to the other oh okay that's but it doesn't sounds cool it doesn't like flat out tell you like like you kind of have to figure it out on your own yeah so i was and then like there are some times where you just it's just as a like the hook is you're just blinding down shooting like five different guys like huh. trying to like trying to kill all five guys so i got <laughs> it got to the point where i got an uzi or dual uzis and it was just it was just magic <laughs> that's what i keep and, hearing and i finally got to what everyone was t- making a big deal about which was the uh motorcycles yeah, dude. I, I've the chase scene in that game. The first, the first chase scene. Oh my! <laughs> like the first three missions, I got the like the tutorial and the, the technically the the tutorial and the first two missions. I got I got B ranked. Yeah, and then That's from the every from four, I got like C rank. So crank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And. I eventually, when I got to the the, cha- the first chase scene, I had no idea what I was doing, so I was just like doing a wheelie, like like holding, like just doing a wheelie the entire the entire sequence, mm. and shooting like the guys everything everything behind me or wow, everything okay. to the left of me. 
Yeah, like dual wielding, like you independently aiming of each of them. Yeah, and <laughs> certain it's like certain things will certain things will happen. So the first boss will throw like bombs at you, hmm. and you have to shoot. You have to either slow down time and shoot them before they hit you because they're really the only things that can damage you. Yeah, and or that alternatively. is the yeah, and that's the only like I just got my first S. On that one, like my first S rank, mm-hmm. I think I think I got like 1.1 million points. <laughs> Shit. Okay. I didn't know the scores went up that high. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, like sometimes you get a bonus. Like, it's it's all it's actually it's a bit like the club. Ooh, dude, don't don't say the club. I was already sold on this game. Now you're telling me it's like the club. In terms of like the combo system, where if like if you chain together a bunch of kills, it'll help your score. Shit, that's fucking wild. I gotta, ooh. Yeah, because now that I'm thinking about it, it did kind of look like that, but I never connected those dots until now. Whew. I, I mean, man, I gotta it's, play this game. It's only, it's sixteen ninety nine on Steam right now. That's not too much more than Dust that I just bought on Steam. Ugh, I might have to do that. Man, I'm gonna be poor this summer. Let's do it. <laughs> and plus, I heard it was like a super fast game. Like, people are beating it in like four hours. Yeah. It's, def- it's definitely a speed run game. Mm, I'm about to do it though. I might. I actually might put it up on Switch since I heard the there's still a launch discount on there too. Mm. You know what? I'm gonna have to think about this throughout the course of this episode. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited about uh my friend Pedro. I was about to say my name is Pedro. I keep saying it. Um, but yeah, I totally. I mean, I've been digging the John Woo slash Matrix vibes of its combat and the slow motion and all that stuff. I've been digging all of it. So hopefully, once I finally do get my hands on it, I'm pretty sure it's going to fill my fill my expectations. But I just got to I gotta get around to it first. Uh, and, but there's just too much to play, which leads me to uh, talking about the next game that I've been playing. Um, actually, speaking of like crazy over-the-top action and stuff like that, um, I've actually gotten into, so Game Pass, it's been on PC for a while now. If you saw the Xbox conference, we've talked about that. And I've already talked about how, uh, I, I think I mentioned, uh, in the last episode that I've gotten into Gears of War through that. And I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. But I really gotta tell y'all about another game I've played through Games Pass, and that is super hot. Um, that game is really, really good. <laughs> in a way that, I mean, I, everyone told me, you know, Super Hot was great, and I enjoyed it, or I knew that I was going to enjoy it, but actually picking up the controller and everything, it is really, uh, you know, it just really caught me by surprise how much I enjoyed it. So, basically, the whole conceit about Super Hot is, it's very minimalistic, There, it's just first person, it's just a bunch of red dudes, um, you're just killing red dudes in, like, basic white arenas, but... Time only moves when you move, so there's a lot of, like, cool shots. There's a lot of cool just, like, scenarios you can set up. You can, like, when you shoot a bullet, it kind of just hangs in the air until you walk around a little bit, and then it'll speed forward. Same thing with their bullets from enemy weapons. You can throw baseball bats at people coming around the corner and kind of time it. Um, And it was just really cool to just... Some of the scenarios I pulled off, like, there's one scenario that they put you in, like, they just put you in random scenarios that you just gotta, like, fight your way out of. There's one where they just have, like, six dudes surrounding you, and you have to, like, 
punch each of them out. You have to like knock all of them out. Some of them have baseball bats. So you got to punch them. They drop their baseball bat, pick up the baseball bat in midair, then like knock out the first two people with your baseball bat. But you've already hit them so hard, your baseball bat is one swing away from breaking. So then you turn around, see three other enemies. One has a gun, so you have to um, so you have to then like take your baseball bat, then throw the baseball bat at like the guy who's far away with the gun. Punch the other two that are right in front of you. Run while those guys are staggered. Get your gun that the first guy dropped. Turn around and shoot both of them in the face. <laughs> like, those are the type of situations that this game creates. Um, and it's just really, like... It's unlike any other game I've ever played. Um, it's really, really good. Uh, give me just a second to do that. Um, and so, yeah, Super Hot is just really dope, and um, it actually gives me a little bit of time to, I mean, I actually beat the whole thing. Like, when I say a little bit of time, it was a very easy game to consume. Um, I totally, I totally thought, like, because here's my issue with games just recently. Um, I've, I've been finding issues with a lot of games where it asks so much time of me, like, like, especially, I think this kind of started last year with Horizon Zero Dawn. Or actually, Horizon Zero Dawn came out 2017, I want to say. Actually, let me look that up. When did Horizon Zero Dawn come out? Horizon Zero Dawn release date. Let me make sure I get this right before I... Oh, yeah, it did come out 2017. I'm wrong. So I guess this has been a problem for a while. <laughs> so uh, one of the reasons I loved Horizon Zero Dawn so much is because it respected my time. It was a big, massive, open-world RPG. Of course, there's going to be a lot of stuff to do. But I could see... I could I did everything that game had to offer. As far as the base game, I did everything that game had to offer in just under 50 hours. Which is a lot... Which is like crazy when compared to, you know, the Emmett from back in the day who would sit there in Fallout 3 for damn near 200 hours and in Skyrim for 150 hours. Like, nowadays, I just don't have that type of time to dedicate to just one game. And I feel like in order for me to feel satisfied, I need to be able to walk away from your game having seen all of it. And if you're going to ask me to sit here for, you know, hundreds of hours to see all of it, I just don't know if I'm about that life. But um, but Super Hot definitely did not have that issue with it. Um, I think I beat. I started the game one night. Uh, I actually started it. I actually owned it through Twitch. I keep saying I actually a lot, but it's fine. Um, I owned it through Twitch originally. Um, but then once it came to Game Pass, I was like, oh, there's Xbox achievements. I'll just play it over here so I can be, you know, part of an ecosystem. And so I started it one night and I finished it the very next night. It, it took me maybe total five-ish hours um it is a very brief game as far as the like main campaign is concerned and then once you finish the game of course there's like you know different modes you can play and different scenarios you can just throw yourself in without you know having the conceit of the story um and the story itself is really like meta um i wouldn't say it's like a gripping powerful narrative it's just very like trippy um and not trippy in the way that you know like like a Proteus is trippy because it has like a bunch of colors and music. It's not trippy like that. It's just like the concept or the concepts it's playing with are very like, whoa, dude, like galaxy brain type stuff. Um, but uh, other than that stuff, it's just a really fun game. It's It really has that fine line between like if you play, ever play a game like Doom where so much of Doom is just the, the, the chess of the combat. 
It's making sure you have enough gasoline in your chainsaw so you can get ammo, and then making sure you're, you know, scounging the battlefield for different supplies and making sure your health and your and your uh, armor is topped off. And even with Doom Eternal that we've seen gameplay for and we talked about in the previous episode, if you set enemies on fire, um, then that will actually get spawn armor drops that you can use. And just that, like, dance of the combat is something that's really satisfying. Super Hot does that similar thing, but it kind of minimalizes it to the point where um, you're just how do I how do I explain it to the point where it's not about managing a whole bunch of resources it's literally about managing the battlefield itself and making sure you know where enemies are make sure you know where bullets are coming from so that you can dodge them efficiently and just really just taking advantage of all of those things to you know like you have to know there's a you have to know there's a guy behind you so you can turn around and throw something throw something at him before he's able to fire a gun at you um, and just managing all those things at once, it's like kind of spinning plates, um, which is in a really satisfying way. Um, it's like you're just keeping track of a whole bunch of things at once, and because everything, it only moves when you move, so you can sit there for a couple seconds and think out stuff. Uh, it's just a really satisfying game. I, I There's not really much I could say about it that hasn't been said already, but... Um, yeah, it's just really good. Like that's the main thing. I, I want everyone to play Super Hot. It's it's worth your time. It's on Game Pass. You should pick it up. You should try it out. Um, and yeah, just it's just really great. And I, I it's gotten me. It's kind of given me a taste for some more like smaller games, some smaller games I can run through in a couple of hours. Um, and actually, some of the games that I bought in this uh, in the Steam sale that's going on is kind of inspired by that. So Bright Memory I actually picked up not too long ago. Um, and that one's that one's literally I think I said it was like an hour, maybe not even more than an hour long. Um, the average play time is literally an hour two minutes, so it can't be much longer than that. So I want to run through that. Um, Dusk, which is a first-person shooter that has been talked up a lot on Steam from people who play like PC games and stuff. Uh, really, really interested in Dusk, um, and it actually has controller support, so I'm excited for that. Um, and I haven't heard if it's a particularly short game. Uh, I can't say I know if it is, but, you know, it's just been highly lauded, and they're talking about the campaign specifically is a game that is a campaign that people have been, you know, talking highly of. So I'm interested to run through that one. Uh, what else I got on here? Guts and Glory, which is kind of like Happy Wheels, but third person. Um, I don't think there's going to be a full campaign to that. I just installed it, actually. I haven't actually picked it up yet. Or I, I haven't actually, like, played through it i doubt there's going to be a straight up single player campaign for this one if it's anything like happy wheels it's just going to be a bunch of random courses maybe some user generated stuff um that's where the majority of the gameplay is likely going to be coming from but that type of stuff i dig and i remember liking happy wheels a lot back in the day let's see if it transfers well to you know playing in third person <laughs> in a fully 3d world and everything um, so I'm excited to try that one out. And then I've also picked up some other things that kind of, you know, clash against my perspective on this whole time-saving thing, where on PSN I picked up, uh, there's actually a pretty good sale going on for PlayStation Plus, uh, members. If you are a PlayStation Plus member, there's a couple, I am being called. Let me see what is going on. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff out there. I actually went and picked up, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, I know that's from a couple years back, but I picked up the DLC for that one, 
So uh, that should be pretty fun to run through pretty soon. And uh, yeah, just thinking about anything else that I've picked up. Uh, yeah, those are pretty much the main things. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and break the fourth wall real quick and let y'all know that Al had to step out for just a second. He'll be back in just a minute. So I'm going to take this extended opportunity to talk about Gears of War as well, because um, I didn't really get to mention it too much during the last episode of the podcast. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and talk about Gears of War. So Gears of War is another game that I've been playing through Game Pass. Um, of course, PC Game Pass. Uh, it's been a godsend for me, and I've always been interested in Gears of War. Um, I'm just a big fan of shooters. I just like shooters in general. So, like, that's the number one thing. But, like, the combat of Gears of War always seemed crunchy and satisfying in a way that just appealed to me. Um, I'm not, like, I'm not, like, a big, like, I'm not into violence that much. Like, especially in movies, like, I don't do, like, hardcore stream violence that much, but in a video game, like, the uncanny valley is gone, and it's easy for me to just be like, oh, I, like, like, especially in Gears, like, they're all aliens, like, they blow up into a million pieces, it's whatever, they're just all aliens, it's, it's, I, I can suspend my disbelief quite a bit, <clears throat> but, like, part of that violence is kind of what makes the combat so satisfying, like, especially when I was using, like, even, like, the, the most basic weapon, the Lancer assault rifle, taking down an enemy with that assault rifle you're just chipping away at their health until finally they have a satisfying pop where, you know, or like, it's not organs. Uh, what's it called? Limbs don't pop off or anything. But, uh, huh, let me see. Uh, I'm being asked questions through text messages. So sorry if my brain is being split. Um, uh, okay. Anyway, uh, school no work. God, this is not a great podcast environment. Uh, sorry about that, fellas and ladies and everything in between. Um, so yeah, uh, Gears of War, like, using that laser assault rifle, they kind of have a, a satisfying burst of blood that lets you know you've gotten that kill. Kind of takes the place of a traditional hit marker that you would see. Nowadays, they have hit markers where it doesn't just show you when you make a hit, it shows you when you make a kill. Um, this is kind of a more in-universe canon way of showing that you got a kill from far away and then especially sniper rifles in this game oh man the sniper rifle in this game just really satisfying headshots in this game um it's kind of those headshots where like you'll catch a an enemy running and it stops them in their tracks and then of course their head explodes but, like it just stops them in the, in their tracks in a, like really like looney tunes type way that isn't funny but it's very amusing, and also just with the sniper rifle sounds itself as well, as well as with the uh, with the sound of it hitting an enemy, just in immensely gratifying to just pull off those shots. Same thing with the Nasher shotgun, though the shotgun I found to be a lot less viable than most of these other weapons in the arsenal. Like whenever it was shotgun time, I found I found I had to be like in super closed off corridors because you because. The shotgun's super close range, and yes, that makes sense, and in any game, it's going to be super close range, but in this game specifically, where it's all about cover, I always felt it was to my advantage to take cover from far away, because if, if they're already right up on you, and you're already in cover, then you've already kind of fucked up, <laughs> which is my perspective on it, so I was already, I was always trying to take cover from as far away back as possible, um, so yeah, that that's like my whole perspective on it. 
but other than that, I really was surprised that I kind of dug the characters a lot. Um, I've always seen things about Coltrane, like the fact that he's a meme, like his whole like, get watch out for the Coltrane baby, woohoo, like that whole like hyped up persona that he has. Um, I've always heard about it in passing. I never really experienced it, and um, actually seeing it, you know live itself out in this game was like very entertaining um and coltrane's like coltrane's a solid character i actually like him quite a bit um we'll see where they take him in gears of war 2 which i actually started recently but um yeah i really like him uh marcus and dom i felt like marcus specifically i felt like his character fell a little bit flat in the game not like it's a failure like i don't think there's anything wrong with this character i just couldn't really tell you much about his character other than that he's like a gruff military dude um where all the other characters i feel like except for maybe dom dom seems well i'm gonna come back to dom in a minute but like baird he he very much has like the chip on his shoulder like i'm a little bit of an asshole but you're kind of being an asshole too marcus so eye for an eye type thing so he has that going for him and then as i said coltrane has a very like just great personality um, or I don't want to say great personality, a very vibrant personality. It sticks out a lot, so it's very memorable. Um, and then going back to uh, Dom, Dom is like, I mean, he's just like the loyal best friend in the first game. Um, and I guess I'm, the only reason I'm iffy on Dom right now is because in the second game, it's like he's almost immediately retconned as a guy who's just who just misses his wife immensely. Like, I don't remember him mentioning him having a family or a wife or anything like that before the war, after the war, or during. So, like, when the so when the second game starts and he's like, hey, you find out anything about my dead wife? It's like, wait, what? Or not dead wife. I don't think she's dead. But, like, you found any, you found out anything about my wife? Like, it's very, like, huh? Where, you had a wife this whole time? And you just didn't tell us? Uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of off the wall. Um, so I don't know how to feel about that, but, um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, the first Gears of War was very, very fun. Um, the arsenal is kind of minimal. Uh, there, there's only like, what, two pistols, maybe three different assault rifles. I think it might be closer to two. I think it was just a hammer burst is the main one I had. Um, and then only a few, actually, when it comes to specialty weapons, besides Hammer of Dawn, it was really just a sniper rifle and a shotgun. So, if you want to talk about weapon variety, it's a little bit, by modern standards, where you play, like, a Call of Duty game, and there's, like, you know, 23 different weapons at launch, and then there's more to be added later. If you want to compare it that way, it is a pretty basic arsenal. There's nothing in the F in the SMG category. There's nothing in the DMR category. Um, there's, you know, actually, there is a grenade launcher. The boom shot does exist, but... It was such minimal ammo that it was so much more worth it to carry a sniper rifle full of a bunch of instant kill shots or or carry a shotgun for when things got close. So the boom shot wasn't too viable. Um, and then stuff like, uh, I think there was, I don't think there was a straight up rocket launcher type weapon. I think the boom shot took up the, took up the sole uh, explosive uh, scenario of it. But um, other than that, I really enjoyed the game. Um, I, I, I really... I have to come back because I'm actually, I think, maybe two, three hours into Gears of War 2, uh, which I'm playing through backwards compatibility on Xbox One, uh, of course, through Game Pass as well. And uh, I'm enjoying that one as well, but it is a big difference going from, because uh, I played, you know, the first one on PC using the Ultimate Edition. So everything was in crisp 1080p, 60 frames per second. 
Everything was running super smooth. It was super great. Had no issues running anything from the first game at all. But then the second game stuck on the Xbox 360. No remastering treatment. I don't even think it went through like... Like, you know how they do those updates where it's like, oh, if you have an Xbox and you're playing this 360 game, we did some updates to make it look prettier. I don't think... I don't think this is one of the games that they made look prettier. This seems like... Uh, it just seems like exactly how it looked like on Xbox 360. So, um... So, but I, once again, I want to come back and tell y'all how I feel about Gears of War 2 once I've played a little bit more of it. I, I can tell you that I'm already enjoying the new additions that they've made to combat. Um... Like the whole downing your enemies and then going over to do like little finishers. Um, oh, like a, like a curb stomp? Yeah, like curb stomps and everything. I think Gears of War 2 is where they introduced curb stomps. Um, no, it was actually uh, Gears 1. Oh, it wasn't Gears 1? Yeah. Huh. I guess I never tried it. <laughs> I just went for so many headshots, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was just. I, yeah. I think 2 was the one where they introduced the whole. Like body uh shield where you could just take a locust that is too yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i actually that's another feature that i kind of like in gears of war 2 um but uh yeah there's some other stuff and they're doing some interesting things with like the pacing of the campaign where there's a lot more to do there's a lot more like different things it's calling for and different set pieces it's showing you in gears of war 2 just in the first like two hours that i've played but um, I, I want to come back after I've beaten Gears of War 2. I'll let y'all know how I feel about it. And hopefully the goal is to play all of the Gears of War games, at least the mainline Gears of War games, before Gears 5 comes out in, I think it's, what is it, September? Yeah, September. Uh, yeah, so I only got, what, two more months? Uh, <laughs> and I'm talking about what? playing Warframe about, as well. About, like, a month at, or two two and a half months. Yeah, two and a half months. Okay, that's, that's a little bit better. So yeah, I got... It's... Out on uh, September 10th. Okay, out September 10th. So I got, like, half of Gears of War 2, or I got three-fourths of Gears of War 2 to finish. Then I have Gears of War 3. Then I have Gears of War 4. So I can split that up, maybe beat a game every two and a half weeks. That seems possible. Maybe even more than that. I can probably do it, like, three and a half weeks, and it still evens out. We'll, so we'll see if we can go for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, just, so, yeah. just so to... Oh yeah, let me recap because you. <laughs> yeah, because I just, got, I, just, I just. Yeah, you just returned. Um, yeah. so yeah, long story short, I was talking about Super Hot. I pretty much wrapped up that conversation, and I just took the extended time to go into uh, Gears of War and just telling them, just enjoyed Gears of War one a whole lot, and I actually started Gears of War two, and I'm t- like in two hours into it, and I plan on beating that one in the near future. Now that I have, you know. Now that I'm a big fan of Gears, like, it's just satisfying have, have combat. You yourself, have you protected yourself from spoilers for, like, Gears of War 3? I know, I don't know what character, I, okay, I don't even know if this is Gears of War 3, but I know there's, like, a really traumatic event related to some character in either Gears of War 2 or Gears of War 3, and I forget what it is. Like, I remember seeing a, a clip of the cutscene on G4 or something, but I couldn't tell you what's the context, who the character was, why they were doing it. Like Actually, some, yeah. I'm not gonna say what the character is, but it's an arc that that comes that is built all over the like the first three games. Oh, okay. Huh. And it's a character who like he has a big big moment in Gears at near like in the middle or near the end of Gears Two, and goes out a hero's a hero's death. Yeah, and three. Okay. Sac- sac- like a sacrifice. All right. Well. Hmm. 
I, I'm not sure who that could be. I, I did say also while you were gone that it felt weird what they did with Dom's character at the beginning of 2, where in, in Gears of War 1, it just feels like, oh, man, I'm Marcus's best friend, and we're homies. Like, that was the whole character of him. But in and Gears how, 2, it... How they, like, they really, like, developed him as character? Yeah. Well, like, yeah, they developed him, but it, it just felt a little jarring, like, playing it immediately after Gears 1, where Gears 2 starts, and it's like, hey, you found my wife yet? And I'm like, wait, you had a wife? Did you mention that in the first game? <laughs> like, it just caught me off guard. Yeah, but, from what I remember, yeah. I mean, the whole aesthetic was was supposed to be like a a mm. bit of a bit like Band of Brothers, mm, okay. in like an in like an alternate type situation. Yeah, alternate timeline Band of Brothers. Yeah, but it just ended up being like going in a different way. Well, kind of like kind of like Fast and the Furious. <laughs> yeah. With the with the big cast of you know colorful characters they got, especially in four, it looks like there's a lot of new faces. So, um, so yeah, that that's pretty much my spiel on all all the things that I've fallen in love with thanks to Game Pass. <laughs> so uh, while I was away mm-hmm. and I was just waiting for my internet to, internet to come back online, yeah, uh, a song like I'm, I'm this is gonna lead into what I've been playing. Yeah, go ahead. The uh, I love video game song from Hey Ash, what you playing? Oh. That just came on randomly, or you were watching? No, it? no, no. I wasn't watching it. Just popped into my head. <laughs> That's interesting. I'm wondering how this is gonna segue. This is an interesting one. Like specifically the line, uh, "I love God of War, Harvest Moon, your mom's a dirty whore." Good God. And the re- That's and aggressive. the connection this has is I finished Life is Strange before the storm, or at least the the standard, it like. I, I still have farewell the farewell episode. I'm gonna leave save that for a, a good day or a bad day. Yeah, yeah, you gotta actually gotta save that when you're ready to take it. If, no matter what, day, if I play it when I'm happy, I'm gonna get sad. If I play it when I get when I get sad, if I play it when I'm sad, I'm gonna get worse. So it's a lose lose. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna take it out no matter how you do it, but you gotta see the end, dude. Yeah, I uh, the like I've I played the I played the first episodes. At, like while waiting for the lit, like mm-hmm. w- after playing the first two episodes of Life Strange two, and okay. I to get back sort of back in like the in like the rhythm of things, I watched the preview or sort of I think it was preview on Gamescast. Yeah, with or before episode three came out when when it was uh, Greg Ashley Birch and one of the game's creative directors. Oh, okay, yeah. And, like, I, I remember, got back into, like, where I was, and, oh, man, that, I, I, it's a different, it's not so much, it's not, it's, mm-hmm. as everyone knows, with the, the five episodes, or the Life Strange 1 playthrough I did for the channel. Yeah, yeah. I, ch- I, the ending I chose was basically committing genocide. <laughs> oh, you're one of those people, you evil person. <laughs> Wait, you didn't even watch the like. I didn't oh. watch the final episode. <laughs> I knew what happened. I didn't need to relive that. <laughs> so I, I chose the. I don't know if there. I don't know if there's a canon ending, ending to either, of, like Life of Strange one or Before the Storm. Hmm, probably not. They did have what was it? They do have the the comic that came out where it just talks about yeah. after the ending where you commit genocide like what happens next 
Oh my god, just I forgot to read the issue. It came out came out like four days ago. Oh shit. Really? I thought that had yeah. been out. No, it actually they I think it was announced as a miniseries like four issues. Then it, it like so many people were buying it or like were buying issues that it became it got it like it succeeded and became it got to be like an ongoing series. Oh, wow. I thought it was a one issue run. Holy hell. No, it, it like the it, it's 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 actually dealing with the comic deals with like this story at least for the first four like the dust storyline. Yeah, is Chloe or Max and Chloe going back to Arcadia Bay? Oh shit! Are there people alive or they're all dead? Some some people are still alive, like uh uh Sh- Sean Prescott. <gasps> Why him? That's, because. Ugh. Because they were instead of like the whole like you you think that it should be a certain character who should be remembered. Mm-hmm. Nathan, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. He, it's like yeah, and and Chloe just loses it. So <laughs> halfway th- through the issue, mm-hmm. Max is sitting on like in like the sitting on the like sitting near the the fountain or the statue. Yeah, at black outside Blackwell, Warren shows up oh my god and it has to do with has to do with all these different timelines oh shit is he from a different time oh god it's sort of like possibly like her trying to like further to see what she can do and then then they end like there was a character i forgot who it was i think it's juliet or dana who's who who ends up who like is pregnant in the game like in in love strange one oh yeah they encounter her at the at the uh, restaurant, or not the restaurant, the diner. Yeah, yeah. Like she has her kid, and everything, and she's like a she's like a single mom, um, and like the whole thing ends up with or oh, and uh, Rachel shows shows up in the comic. Wait, Rachel Amber? Yeah. How the fuck is this possible? Timelines. Oh no! I re- oh, I gotta read this whole thing. And then it, I'll just, just say like, I'm not gonna say exactly what happens, but they sort of forge like a new timeline where all three, char- like the the two characters who, like the two were, possible love interests for for Max. No, where Rachel like the, the current storyline right now, or after the post like the way issue four ended, was with uh, Max. Chloe and Rachel in California. Oh, oh wow, that's fucking, that's wild. I don't know how I feel about that. And so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, like I, I don't know what what's going on. Like I, I read issue five like a m- last month, and there was a there was like someone who like Max and was Max and Chloe were talking about uh, Victoria because in this timeline she's alive too. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. It's, it's like the like Rachel or Ra- like something about seeing who has more Twitter like who, like how Victoria and Rachel are like bat- sort of like a Twitter war like who has more followers. Yeah. And she Max notices someone in the in the like in the coffee shop they're in mm-hmm. and the end like the cliffhanger of the issue is that per- like the person like the person would go would go out and disappear. And the ending to the, that issue uh, was 
the person hiding from Max and his nose is bleeding. Well, that's a problem. Oh no! Wait, they're implying. Wait a second. They're they're implying that there's there's more like there's more mutants other than oh, calling, calling them. This is like that one movie I forget what it's called, but it's about the dude who has insomnia and he doesn't sleep for like ten months and then he ends up being able to stop time, and then one time he stops time and finds another guy who's still moving around, and it implies some shit that they never played with in the actual film. Oh god, that's wild. <laughs> that's a weird connection to make, but that shit's still wild. Yeah, like issue like issue six came out, like I said on on Wednesday, and yeah, like it's it's acclaimed, like critically acclaimed. I really gotta. I'm probably gonna have to like end up reading this whole run just so I like know what could possibly happen to them because I I've Max is like my girl, and then Chloe is like my home girl, so I'm like yo I need to find out like how they. I need to find out how it ends for them. That's the thing. Oh, man. Well, it's going to be a while before the story ends for them. Well, true. Or, or this this, also, this other timeline. Or this other timeline timeline. <laughs> when all, I just need to see how all the timelines like converge and where they leave it off. Like I don't think it's going to end. It's just a question of where they stop. So I just need to know where they stop it. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Was there anything else about – well, were you talking about Life is Strange – before the storm, or was it Life Strange season two? Uh, before, or you mean what? Before I got, I derailed myself. Yeah, before before we derailed. Yeah, <laughs> I was talking about uh, before the storm. Oh, okay, yeah, before the storm. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, so, I'm actually yeah. Go ahead. So the like I there's a character. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it for yeah for my sake. <laughs> well, you said you're on episode three, so oh okay, yeah. If there are two, then go ahead. Something uh, a relative, someone related, uh, connected to Rachel in a big way that was seen in episode one, and then is clarified in episode two or at the end. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Right at the end. I, I get what you're talking about. So you end up having a choice to either. I'm not gonna say what. I'm not gonna give details. I'm just gonna say you either have to. You either tell her the truth or protect her oh, from from the shoot. truth. That's gonna be the worst. I don't want to have to make that oh, okay. So I, do you, well. I don't want to ask how that affects everything because that's probably actually spoiling. But uh, I mean, it's still pretty cool. But I'm just like, man, I'm just I, I'm just gonna be ruined some more. It's actually, game. I will say this: it is not as big as a of like of a heartbreak as like it's like the other big thing from like episode one. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, if if it's not that bad, then I'll, I'll feel a little bit better. Hopefully it won't kill me too much, but oh, fuck. I'll be like, ready for it. The only problem I had with the whole thing was what happens to these characters? <laughs> like, uh, Drew, Mikey, um... Yeah, like, like, they have to end up back... They have to go... They have to be somewhere. Yeah, they have to end up in a certain place for the, uh, for the original game. It's like, I mean, gonna do it? a certain character... Is gone. Oh well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that the main character doesn't exist in this game, but like everyone else. Has oh no, ch- I'm talking about a character. Uh, Wait, are you talking about someone from episode like two? Someone from episode one. Uh, who's in two and shows up? It's a character I've mentioned. I've been t- 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 telling you about. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and like I just gotta say, the William moments are fantastic. Yeah, those are pretty good. Yeah. 
there's a moment in episode three that is a a take on the tempest like the pinpoint the whole oh okay i think i know the part you're talking about that's episode two i believe right yeah like the big set piece moment yes okay yeah yeah that's the part or the big improv improv yeah that's the that's the word yeah and like there's a scene with William like I, I love how it, how she's it's sort of like ghost dad but it's sort of like a, I think it's like her conscience so but there is a moment that is brutal like when every single time he's in like he's there and like there's like like all I'm gonna say is there's a big blood stain oh god it's gonna be one of these again <laughs> there's two too much bloodshed in this game already for the type of game it is, for the subject matter it talks about. Fucking people ended up dead in the first game. Like, I have to get in the prequel, too? Oh, well. Yeah, like, there's <laughs> a, I mean, there was a moment where I thought, am I playing Sixth Sense, the game? <laughs> no, it can't be that. Because, <sighs> like, the, uh, like the, the, the connecting character to Rachel, something happens, and it's handled oddly. As in, you think there's going to be a big moment, and it just cuts to something different. That's weird. That yeah. sounds like a, like a cut-for-time type thing. I don't exactly well, know how. I thought I would, like the whole thing was was actually a figment of Chloe's imagination. Yeah, I think they kind of like canceled that out soon after. Well, it's actually the ending. Like, it's the ending of the episode. Like, the, yeah. the, end, like the end montage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they straight up just, like, confirm it right there. And all I'll say about the... the like, there was, this, there was a scene that made me very sad. And it's a scene that leads to what happened, what you find out in Life of Strange 1 about oh. a certain character. Uh-huh. Uh, is it... Wait, episode 1. You fucked up my shot! Oh, shit! Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Man, uh, it's gonna give me a lot of tragic backstory, I'm betting. Oh, fuck. Oh, well. Well, hey, I mean, hey, I, did, I can kind of use this to pitch to the to the to the YouTube channel, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna be seeing a lot of this. You guys will be able to see what my reactions were when shit actually went down, um, because my life is strange before the storm. Let's play is going to be continuing on the channel. Uh, you'll be seeing episodes of that coming back up this week. Uh, sorry for the delay on that one. It's uh, I, I got footage of the stuff that I played, but I still got episode three to get through, and you know. Other things have been taking the time, but yeah, everything you're talking about is like, like especially for the last episode, it's just gonna prepare me for some really fucked up shit, <laughs> or maybe not fucked up shit, but just things that's gonna, you know, mess me up emotionally. So it's gonna I be mean, a good time. They do certain like the end montage of the episode has things like sort of like set in a. Uh, Rogue One type thing, like, in terms of a prequel. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, sets things up right where they should be. Or oh, right, okay. right get, like, getting to the point, like... Like, right before, like, the start of the first game. Like, a certain character's hair uh, uh, getting dyed. It's kind of like fucking Vader putting on the mask at the end of the prequels. Yeah, and... That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that they line it up, like, that close to the original game. Yeah, and then there's the moment that you uh see in i think it's episode two or three in in the junk in the junkyard when 
you find when you find Chloe's or the remnants of Chloe and Rachel's oh. hang out in the junkyard. Okay, so and, it and you see the thing that's written there. on the wall and marker. Huh. So you get to write that on. No, you don't get to write it on the wall. You see Rachel write write her what she write writes. Ah, uh, okay, I get you. I get. You. Huh. Well, that's that's still pretty cool. Kind of pretty cool how they bring it, I guess, full circle in that way. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm super interested to get on that. And you, your whole Life is Strange fandom has kind of like got me, like, like very much so on this hype train to like finally get through these games, um, or at least finally get through this third episode. And uh, and actually, for those of you who, who played through all of this stuff already and are interested in the second season, Life is Strange season two is on sale on PlayStation Network. The whole season is, I think, like 30 bucks instead of 40 So, hey, man. That's a pretty good deal, but I don't know. I'm weird about Life is Strange 2. I mean, I'm excited to play it. I'm sure I'm going to like it. But, man, they are really selling this game at a premium, which makes me think, oh, this game is trying to be something a lot more than the original Life is Strange. Because Life is Strange 1, I've seen that thing for like 3 bucks so often. But this game is holding its retail value very strongly. So I don't know if that says something about the market or just says something about them just not willing to devalue their game in that way, which I can respect. But either way... That and Life is Strange 2 is more serious. It definitely seems so. Like, a lot of themes that they're playing with seem, you know, interesting. I mean, I'd say something about Life is Strange 2, but then again, Square Enix spoiled the whole thing at E3. Oh, well, yeah, that too. Like, during yeah. their conference? Yeah, I, I don't know why they did that. Just spoil, like, the first, what, two, three episodes? Or just two episodes? No, three episodes. Oh, so it is three. I, I thought it was just a four-episode season. No, five episodes. Oh, okay. Whew. Episode episode four comes out in August. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. And I think episode five comes out in November or December. Okay. Well, still, there's there's a lot to look forward to in the world of Life is Strange, so I'm excited to get into it. Um, if, if you guys want to pick some of that stuff up, it is going to be on sale on PlayStation Network, and I'm pretty sure you can find it in the Steam sale as well. Uh, I, I don't know if I want to check right now, but eh, you can find it cheap wherever you're at, probably. Um, oh, uh, I, I, <laughs> you already know this because I, we talked about this before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Can I tell the audience about how I, my po- the positive stuff I did during the Steam sale instead of going oh. to and choosing crap. <laughs> yes, please, all the good stuff only. Okay, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy V, Danganronpa yes. one through three, To the Moon, Divinity Original Sin two, and Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Yeah, you you got some good gems. You were telling me this right before we recorded, like you said, and I was like, yo, you got a lot of like classics, and you got some like aw- like. Crash, Crash Bandicoot Trilogy isn't that off the wall of the choice, but like for a Steam sale, I forgot that game was even on PC, so that's a really good pickup. Yeah, the only bad game I purchased just because I needed to make, to make quicker than make content was Clone Wars Republic Heroes. <laughs> I mean, I, I won't blame you too much for that one, but um, honestly, I have plenty of like crappy games in here. I got plenty of like mediocre games installed. That I could straight up play, but um. Nah, oh, speaking of games that people do not like, or a game that people do not like, Fallout seventy six. Play that was the I oh, played yeah. that. I played that after Bethesda's conference, like right at right in between. 
like a or little bit after, after after that before the uh kind of funny showcase and then again a week later or last week and then i played played some today yeah so how that game street you or any better than at launch because i remember you had some strong words yeah i mean it's i i'm not, like i i was having some problems because i i like i it would crash a crash a desktop every single time i tried to find a world to oh, join Chris. one of them times yeah, so I finally get in. I finally get in a server, and I try to pick. I pick a fight with some supermoons, and I I'm like level eight or nine. I try end up going about uh, going up against a level twenty five supermoon, and die instantly. Well, I took out. Two, there were three of them. I took out two. So <laughs> okay, so you didn't go down without a fight at least. Yeah, a hero's I death. I respawned. Picked a fight with some. Picked a fight with some feral ghoul. Feral ghouls. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that was an easier one. There's there's a lot of circle strafing. <laughs> I can imagine in Fallout, circle strafing is just like murderously slow. And I then decided, like I, since that game is sort of a, it's it's interesting in terms of like how they lay out do the quest layout. Yeah. So I was in after I passed where I was on PC or on Xbox One, where I was. At the like at, at the airport or Morgantown Airport, didn't know where to go afterwards. I I'm doing a quest right now for the Grafton Mayor, who is like AI. Yeah. And I had to like it was a tur- tur- tourist thing, so I had to put the water back on at a water park because every like everything had gone toxic. I then like the worst. <laughs> yeah, I then had to look into a into a cold case of a missing kid. So I got to, I got to play detective. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. And I went up against a level eighteen scorched and won. <laughs> okay, so you actually know what you're doing now. It seems. Yeah, I mean, I had a, I was just firing rapidly, my um. 10 millimeter shot, um, shotgun uh, pistol. Oh, wow. So you're just like doing a bunch of chip damage on it the whole time? Yeah, and I had, I was, like I was doing or I was just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, and I got some critical hits. <laughs> that probably just helped you out a whole lot. Yeah. And I was going, I was investigating a, like a I don't know, to, I don't know I'm not quite sure what the term is. It's more like a. It was something for the tourism thing, like a tourism quest. It was a subquest. Yeah. I think it was a. I, I'm still not sure. Was like it, it. I'm trying to think. Was it trying? Was it kind of like a? Uh, it wasn't the exact type of thing as detective, but it was something different. You had to. I had to. Uh, like a stakeout. No. Uh. Well. While I was sort like coming like going around the uh, water park. Trying to find out where this Freddy kid went, and it 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 was a little creepy. Yeah, kind of atmospheric and whatnot. Yeah, and I had like I ended up I had the I was at like the first like this uh-huh. the uh, okay so I had to open the water valve at Wavy Willard's water park, which I did. Okay, that's a good first step. <laughs> uh, pick up your bottles. At the shooting range. Okay. I oh now I remember. I had to. I do repair. 
I had to repair some stuff at like a token dispenser at a Prickett's Fort. And oh, okay. Re- yeah. Repair, repair check-in terminal at Black Bear Lodge. And those repairs just took forever? No. I didn't have... I, I had... Because I tend to play that game as a prospector, as in... Oh. Like in, in Fallout terms, prospector is someone who tries to find old, like pre-war technology. Oh. That's a weird term for it, but it makes sense now I'm thinking about it. So I had to get circuitry, or circuitry boards, uh, fuse like other technical stuff, and right as I was in a fight with some scorched, boom, server dropped out. Damn, they really just weren't letting you have any fun, huh? Right as you were getting into the meat of it. Yeah, and that son of a bitch, Graydon Webb. <laughs> I said, I post on Facebook. Of course, Fallout 76 servers are down when I'm trying to do some research. Because I I, lear- I literally was doing a doing research for one of our upcoming roundtables. That and, is fucking hilarious. <laughs> and he, he he has a bias towards him, that game because of Battlecry. Oh yeah, because that same team got put on that instead of Battlecry, which I don't know is a little bit of a shame. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it could have been worse. Like this whole team could have been like the whole studio could have been disassembled. Yeah, no one would have won. That that actually would have been worse, like unequivocally. So it's better to have work than it's better to have some lousy work than no work at all. Which is a depressing thing to say, but shit, if it ain't true. Oh, I almost forgot about my whole purchase thing. I forgot yeah. the, the other game I purchased, which it's a guilty pleasure because I like the series. Uh, and that's, I bought, it wasn't during a sale or anything, just because I wanted to play it and, like, mod it, and that's Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh, yeah, yeah, you were telling me about that, too, which I still question if that's a good idea or not, but, hey, I heard that game, actually, once, after all the initial reviews and everything, and it got a couple updates and additions, I heard that game was, like, not awful. Yeah, once you get into the meat of the game, it's fun, it's got, like... It's fun. It's kind of dark. Yeah, I feel like that's what most people want anyway from a uh, from a game like this. And it, things could have been worse. I mean, that's true. They could always be worse, but I, I question I mean, like, especially for a game of the pedigree of uh, what am I trying to say? Of the pedigree of a what's the word I'm looking for? Bioware game. Like, I'm sure that wasn't quite up to snuff, but yeah. I mean, it's not even that bad. I'm sure if another developer that wasn't Bioware made a game of that quality, people would kind of be into it. Like, it'd be like some weird underground thing where people are just like, hey, this game's actually really good. It's got a lot of flaws, but when you're of a certain name, people don't want to hear that this has flaws. They just want to hear that it's perfect like the last one. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing that people do not understand, it it wasn't Bioware, like, the, the main Bioware team. Yeah, it was their... Was it, what, Edmonton? No, Edmonton's the, the base team, I believe. It was the Montreal team. Montreal, that's it. That's the phrase I was looking for. And that, and that was done so, like, the main main ones, or the main team could work on Anthem. Yeah. Which... <laughs> Did not end up being very successful. And is now going to be... Well, and that Anthem will have... Or... Dragon, the new Dragon Age will likely have the same fate, share the same fate as Anthem. Don't say that. Don't uh, give people. Don't take their hope away this early. I'm, dude. I'm one of the. I'm a. Are you? I'm like a huge I, Bioware guy. 
Yeah. I mean, e- even me, like, I, the only game I played of theirs is Mass Effect 2. So, like, even I know, like, what they're capable of and how good they could be. But, like, I don't want to... I, I just don't want to go on believing that their their next game, no matter what it is, is just going to lack that touch because people still believe in that Bioware magic. So I, I think they're going to be able to pull it around, especially with the with the development troubles that they've had with Andromeda and how public a lot of those troubles are at this point. I have a feeling they're not going to... EA isn't going to let Bioware just sit there and, you know, not be productive on a game. Like, I don't think they're going to crap crack the whip hard or anything but i think they're gonna be a little bit more sympathetic to them and help them with issues rather than just you know making them push it down the road because we need a product like i think they're gonna actually sit there sit there and let them incubate a little bit more on mass effect 3 because or not mass effect 3 on dragon age 3 because there's no way well i guess they did dragon age inquisition technically is dragon age 3 i guess but long story short on that next dragon age game there's no way they can just let them you know just they can't screw this one up because it seems like they're on their last legs as far as people trusting bioware like that name having prestige so hopefully this doesn't this doesn't tarnish them um like yeah i remember uh watching the giant bomb like a like beta stuff or the quick look for anthem yeah and then there was a comment there was something that there was a character who said i promise you your your what you do will will matter Okay. Very which felt like, which is felt out of character. Yeah, it feels like the game's talking to you, not the character. Huh. It's kind of weird, but hey, but hey, hopefully, Bioware has a couple. I mean, they they got a couple more months to you know keep working on Anthem, and they already they've doubled down their allegiance to that community and saying that they're gonna do well by them, and then have a couple more years until we have to worry about Dragon Age. That's probably a PlayStation Five, Xbox Two game anyway so um we got a little bit of time before we see what's next for them but hopefully you'll be able to enjoy you know whatever mods and stuff you add to uh mass effect andromeda so hopefully you enjoy that game uh i'm actually curious to go back to that one myself but that's besides the point so now that we've talked about the games that we've been playing this week let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the news that has come out in the last few days now looking through the news here um now i already said that we're gonna make this destiny stuff kind of part of the news since it was you know pretty big deal but we're gonna sandwich it between two playstation stories so the first one isn't much of a story pretty much just a rumor um the last of us part two rumored to be dropping february of next year um and this comes from an interview that ashley johnson the voice and really actress of ellie uh the main character of last of us two uh, she was doing an interview with her husband, Ryan Johnson, uh, for a critical role, I believe. And he asked, so when is Last of Us 2 coming out? And Ashley Johnson said, Fet, and then like got cut off. <laughs> so this has led everyone to speculate that she was about to say the word February. Um, and I'm not going to lie, that seems like a good spot for this one to release in, especially with uh, Death Stranding coming out this fall. I feel like they don't want to double up with big PlayStation releases in the fall, so I feel like this would be a good place to put it in. Uh, similar to what they did with God of War back in 2018, uh, this could be a similar, you know, a big highlight for the for the early spring drought that people always complain about. So yeah. So how do you feel on this? Do you think this this seems accurate? And just in general, like, would you be excited to play 
Last of Us in this time frame. Well, if you notice, if you remember from E3 2018, people were suddenly switching their view on the game. Oh, yeah, when they released that, like, full-scale trailer. Or full-scale gameplay demo. Yeah, and, like, saying it was too violent. Yeah, well, it seems like less about... It's one thing for a game to be too violent, which I can definitely... Like, looking at that gameplay, it definitely seemed very violent, but it's the fact that the graphical fidelity, it's reaching Uncanny Valley territory, where where you see some horrible shit like that, and it looks so much like real life, it's, like, harder to separate that from, like, the typical video game violence. And a lot of what people love about The Last of Us isn't the violence, like... I mean, you, you get, there's a certain subsection, I'm sure, that is like making gore videos on YouTube where you just blow up people and look at their body parts go away. But like, most people who love Last of Us aren't in it for the fact that you can blow up a zombie's head real good. They're in it for the emotional connections. They're in it for the devastating highs and the, de- or the devastating lows and the, the incredibly high highs. They're in it because it's a game about hope. Like, Last of Us 1 is a game about hope, no matter how you cut it. But the second one, they've already said the second game is about hate. <laughs> so p- some people, like I remember, especially Jared Petty, like seeing hearing his reaction, where they they straight out came out and said, "Hey, this is a game about uh, hate," and they showed that demo where there's a lot of aggression and a lot of like horrible violence. But he straight up said, "I don't know if The Last of Us Part Two is a game that I'm like." actively looking forward to anymore i'm sure it'll be a great game i just don't know if i need to play it and that was very shocking to me and that sentiment was shared by a lot of people so i don't know if i i don't think the game's going to be that off-putting to me like a lot of games post-apocalyptic or otherwise are about like unfortunate unpleasant things so like i can probably accept that it's just a it's just a question of I know, I know what Neil Druckmann and the rest of those guys at Naughty Dog can do with the sad scenes. Like, we've all played the beginning of The Last of Us, um, or at least yeah. most of us have. Like, we all know how that works. We we all know the the really, like, horrible parts. We all know that the the boss battle where you play as Ellie. So, <laughs> we we all know these parts. So, it's just a question of, like, if they're, foc- if they're doing all of that stuff, and they're going to focus on the negative parts... It's 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 intimidating. It's it's a little bit terrifying, not gonna lie, but I, I just trust them to pull it together to make something that's worth playing. Like I like I said, I don't think this is gonna be a question of if it's gonna be good, it's a question of people who are gonna like it. Because at at a certain point, that's what it comes down to. Like you wanna talk about like you were talking about Days Gone earlier. I picked up Days Gone. I haven't put it in the system yet, but I picked it up. It was twenty bucks at Walmart, so I said why the hell not? Um, but games like that, Days Gone, I don't think you could say is an objection, is an objectively bad video game. Like, when it comes to a game like Days Gone, it's not a question of, is the game of quality? It's like a very well-made game, graphically beautiful, um, and then some rewarding gameplay systems and all that, but it's just a question of if you're into the type of collect-a-thon, very, like, drawn-out systems type game that it seems to be. And so when you talk about The Last of Us, it's going to come down to, like, the story and whether or not the story resonates with people. And if you're, like, GameSpot, (laughs) if you remember GameSpot is infamous for giving uh, The Last of Us a 7 out of 10 when it first came out. Um, I thought it was Polygon who did that. Oh, 
I'm pretty sure it was it was uh, GameSpot. I know GameSpot gave it a seven out of ten. Polygon might have given it a low score as well, but GameSpot's the one that sticks in my memory. Um, and it's fine if you don't like the game, but it's just like it's hilarious looking back on that in, retro- in retrospect, just because you know we all look to that game as such a high bar of you know art and video games, and then to have someone who was like, well, the story didn't resonate with me. I didn't like it. I didn't dig it. It's fine for that, but it's it's a question of are there going to be outliers like that i i have a feeling you're going to get outliers like that just just for the sake that the story's not going to be for everyone but okay i'm looking at uh mm-hmm. i'm looking at the review scores yeah what's games Polygon gave it an eight. Oh, okay that's what it is G- games gave it an eight polygon was, gave it yeah 7.5 that's it 7.5 is what i was thinking so yeah both of them came down very low on it compared to everyone else. Eight seems so surprising to me from GameSpot because I guess everybody else was giving it like tens and stuff. Uh, but you know, eight still pretty good. But seven point five is getting that shaky territory. Um, but yeah, that's the question I have. When this game comes out, whether it's February or any other time, will there be those? Will it be a, a question of everybody's turned off by the story because it's just too? It's too much. It's too. It's just too dark. It goes there too much. Like, are people going to be turned off, or is it going to be, I appreciate the story, but it's not for me, and then go on about your day? Because if you remember, this is kind of a similar situation with Red Dead Redemption Two, where I mean, a lot of people look at that game and think of that as like the pinnacle or one of the pillars, one of the best examples of storytelling in games, like period. But other people are like, oh man, it was too slow. Everything had an animation. I did not enjoy playing it, and I walked away after a few hours. But, like, it just that depends. Was, that was sort of my experience with it. Yeah, and I don't even fault you for that. I'm, like, the complete opposite. Where, Well, not the complete opposite. I, I beat the entire game, epilogue and everything, but I've spent over 100 hours in that game just to beat the story. <laughs> like, that just felt ridiculous to me. But I love Red Dead, so I stuck through it. And I agree with all the criticisms people have where... The game's a little, not tedious, but it just takes a long time to do things that you do all the time. <laughs> so it's a little bit, you know, infuriating at that point. But the thing is, I mean, I was there for the game's bullshit because I was looking forward to the game. I was looking forward to being in that world. I was there for it. And so I feel like that, you know, affects my view, my opinion on the game because I wanted to like it. I was there to be excited for it. You get someone like, you for The Last of Us Part Two. They've already shown these gameplay trailers that shows it's going in this darker direction. There could full well be people out there that are not wanting that, that are like, I'm not into it, and then once they finally play the game, if they're given the review, either by chance or by request or whatever, now they're already actively playing a game that they already had negative feelings on, and so that can affect where they land ultimately on their opinion on it. Um, so yeah, I, I just don't know where it's going to go. I know the game will be good. Like, I'm not worried if it's going to be, like, a broken mess, because it won't be. It's just a question of if this story mode will resonate with people, and God help me, please show off this multiplayer that I know is going to be in the game, because the multiplayer in the first game was great. Um, but yeah, I, I guess we'll see. Um, do you have any... I mean, how do you feel about the, the level of violence that they showed in the original gameplay demo? Um, are you concerned about that? Uh, I don't know if that gets you excited or just what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's pretty complicated because it felt a little over the edge. Like it went too far. Yeah, I like I remember 
the part where Ellie's under the, uh, was it bus? Yeah. And she, she shot someone right in the eye or side of the face? Yeah, shot him right, right in the head. And it looked like someone really got shot in the head? Yeah, that one was... Oof. That one particularly was really... Like, you saw their eyes roll back and everything, and it was, like, a little too realistic. Like, I wasn't... Not the biggest fan of that, but... Um, yeah, it, it's one of those things where when I watched the demo at first, I didn't even think twice about it, but then, like, when people started to talk about, like, the level of detail and something like that, and just, you know, just discussing, like, oh, man, this is, like, real realistic to a disturbing degree, that's when I was like, oh, man, that is kind of kind of fucked up. Um, but I don't... I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Do you think it's going to be an issue? Well, I know that they're going to... This gonna be this could be this generation's um, like game that is an example of why video games are bad. They should ban should be banned. <laughs> I mean, I could I could see that being the case, but also we're talking about the same game series that has been like it, they've had interviews on like PBS. <laughs> so like this has already been accepted in some corners of the mainstream as like a shining example of art and video games. So to have the second game be the be the hot coffee of our generation i just can't see it oh speaking yeah. of i just remembered that there is something we could talk about but we can wait we can wait till next week yeah what is it gta related because it said hot coffee no it it was i was thinking of pe- people outside the video game industry looking in yeah. and the whole i was actually gonna thinking about it for some reason it made me think of the whole loot box the thing? uh no not the loot box thing oh yeah the uh the the tax, the oh, console the, tax. Oh, the the thing that all, all the console manufacturers are standing up against. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, the view of it's it's getting increasingly you know relevant what the view of people who don't play games of games is. So I don't know that that is definitely I'm probably gonna save that one for next week. But um yeah that is definitely an important topic that's becoming a little bit more relevant as of late. Um but yeah hopefully. As of late, will include Last of Us 2 coming up soon. Uh, I really want to get my hands on that game. Uh, I'm expecting a demo or a release date announcement of some sort at PSX at the end of the year. I do think they will do a PSX at the end of the year. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's an exciting time for the future of games. Kind of slow right now, but hey, that only means the future's looking brighter. Um, and that takes us on to... Uh, this Destiny 2 story that I wanted to talk about. So we did not bring this up last week uh, because it was an E3 episode. We were chock full of everything else. But um, yeah, Destiny 2 has a lot of new changes coming. They actually announced a lot of this stuff right before E3 happened, and they've continued with some more details after the fact. So uh, first things first, a lot of these things are coming alongside a new expansion coming in September, that expansion is called uh, Shadow Keep, and it's actually going to have you go back to the moon. So if you guys remember, the moon was a really famous location uh, from the first Destiny, and you haven't been able to go there in Destiny 2 quite yet. So this is them kind of bringing that location back and adding some uh, some classic characters. There's one character that was heavily featured in the trailer whom I do not see. I don't. She doesn't look familiar. <laughs> I played quite a bit of Destiny 1 and she just did not look that familiar but um she's 
he's well loved. I've seen some friends of mine like Drew Debassant, like he's 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 a big Destiny guy, and he was freaking out looking at all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, this is this is a good thing they're doing. Um, so that expansion is coming in the fall in September. But alongside that, we're also getting Destiny 2 New Light, which is going to be a free-to-play version of Destiny 2, which, you know, I felt like this was in the cards for a while, but it is cool to see them finally do it. Um, it's going to include all of the base game of Destiny 2, um, Curse of Osiris, uh, all that DLC, and Warmind, and all of the story and even the raids that each of those DLCs have. So, um... And it what also about... Has, yeah? Go ahead. Will it have the stuff about Nathan Nathan Fillion, uh his the Gate Six death? Oh, stuff? that's all. Uh, what is that called? Forsaken content. Um, yeah, Forsaken. It does not seem. It doesn't look like Forsaken is going to be included in the free to play version of this. Um, from what it seems like, it's going to include like basically, if you bought everything for the first year of Destiny Two, all of that's going to be free. So. All the, the story missions related to Curse of Osiris, Warmind, and the base game. Seems like all that's going to be free. And they also made like some Destiny 1 type of tutorial mission that starts in the Cosmo Drone from the first game. Uh, so not a full Destiny 1 remaster, but it you know reintroduces a mission from Destiny 1. But yeah, it seems like the, the Forsaken content and the Shadowkeep content, those are going to be separate expansions that you will have to pay for. Um, once it comes out. If you're like me, though, uh, this Destiny stuff has gone on sale so often for the last couple weeks. Uh, I actually picked up Forsaken for, I want to say, like, less than 20. Um, oh, no, I picked up Forsaken for, like, 20 bucks exactly, like, weeks and weeks ago. And then I actually picked up the annual pass for Destiny 2 uh, for, like, 15 bucks. So, um, you can you can go out there and find some pretty good deals if you look hard enough. Um, I'm sure they're going to be doing a lot of stuff. So that's really exciting. Um, and along with this new free-to-play version of Destiny 2, they're going to, as far as for PC players, they're no longer going to be tied to Battle.net because they're coming to Steam. Um, so they're going to put that free-to-play version on Steam, and you can already pre-order the Shadowkeep expansion on Steam right now, uh, which is super exciting. I'm sure there's a lot of PC players who... I mean, that's what a community is, for the most part, on on PC, so uh, good to see them migrate everything over to Steam, now that they're no longer owned by Activision, or not, they were never owned, but, you know, no longer partnered. Um, so that's going to be pretty cool. What else we got here? Um, big A big deal, Cross Save is finally coming to Destiny 2. Um, not quite Cross... Uh, now, it's weird how they do this. So, cross save's coming. You're going to be able to transfer your save between PlayStation 4, PC, and Xbox, of course. But it, it's not going to be... When you cross your save over... Like, if let's say you're someone like me. I own all of the stuff that's going to be in the free version of Destiny. But I also own all of the Forks, or Forsaken content. So, let's say I want to play on PC with my friends on there. And they... You know, I just have to sign in, log on with my character. So I'll have my same character and everything, but if they want to play, let's say, a story mission from Forsaken, I won't be able to play that on PC because I bought it on PS4. So that seems a little bit weird. And plus, this is kind of like a workaround because it doesn't seem like they're able to do straight-up cross-play, which is the ideal situation. Like, if I could play on PS4 with PC people, that would be perfect. But, um... 
you know, it seems like a good halfway point to just let you move your character over so you can play on that actual platform. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a little bit disappointed in that, but it's still a cool feature nonetheless. Still a, you know, greatly appreciated thing. A lot of people have been rejoicing over it, so we'll, uh, we'll let those people enjoy their thing. <laughs> and then going on through the rest of this, as I've already talked about Shadow Keep, um, and yeah, a lot of this, a lot of these changes are just going to drop when it comes to uh, Shadow Keep coming in September. So that's when a lot of these changes are going to happen. But hey, when this all happened, this was very exciting, very surprising. Um, and of course, they're doing a lot of changes with like the gear system. Uh, you know, cosmetics aren't going to be attached to your powers anymore. They're going to be adding some new content for. Uh, for their gambit mode and it's some really exciting stuff i actually installed destiny 2 shortly after the stream that they announced all this stuff in because that game has a very exciting future suddenly and i can't wait for it so um so yeah does any of this stuff get you get you interested to give destiny 2 a try i don't know i mean <laughs> if based on what i was saying earlier about warframe yeah <laughs> where that one's just filling that gap very well yeah Hmm. I mean, I'll give I'll give you this Warframe. When it comes to just like sheer funness, Warframe has that the movement system paired with the just very fast paced combat. It's it's a very fun game, but Destiny Two just has like a scale and polish that is hard to match. Like in Warframe, now once again, I've I've given the caveat that I haven't played it in a while. But whenever I used to play Warframe, it felt like arenas with enemies in them but every time i play destiny it feels like i'm like saving the actual world <laughs> and that might just be because you know this game like destiny is impeccably polished like the menus are really slick and you know all the guns despite you know some of the loot repeating all of the guns have very distinct designs very unique designs same thing with the armor sets and just the music swells and everything it's it's just really cool um, and then, of course, the gameplay itself is, you know, Bungie's classic, very satisfying first-person shooter combat. So that combination is pretty deadly, especially when you make it free-to-play like they're planning to. Um, so I I'll say this. Even if you're not interested in any of this stuff that they talked about, I recommend you at least try out the demo when it comes... Or not the demo, but the free-to-play version when it does come out. Um, oh, no, I... I own Destiny 2 on uh, expo on consoles. Oh, okay. You you just haven't you haven't been like deep into it. No, I I just haven't got like it's one of those things where it happened came out got I got into it and then something else came out and drew my attention got got my attention. Mm, yeah, I mean that's how most things happen. So I, I can't fault you too much for it, but uh, but if you're like me and you got like a passing interest in Destiny. Maybe I got more than a passing interest. If you're like a a Destiny fan who hasn't played for a while, this is a lot of good stuff. It's a lot of good, exciting stuff to bring you back right now since they're doing, you know, different events in the weekends and whatnot. Good time to jump in right now. Good time to jump in once things happen on September as well. So, uh, yeah, exciting content all around for Destiny 2. Um, I just wanted to do a quick rundown of that so people could, you know, so the people could know what's going on in the coolest looter shooter of all time. Nah, probably not. That's probably not the case. Anyway, um, so do you have anything else to say on, uh, on any of that stuff or do we want to go ahead and go to the last news story? Uh, let's, 
let's get to the uh the final story let's get past, let's get past these low times yeah yeah let's get past these low times so um so that's what this final story is about as he already teased um there's a patent that's been filed by sony they're looking for new and unique ways to reduce load times so we've already talked about playstation 5 rumors and speculation um or not even rumors at this point they pretty much confirmed that this new playstation 5 that we're calling there's no official name yet but this new sony developed system uh, that they're working on, they're trying to incorporate uh, SSDs into it, so solid-state hard drives for faster load times. But they actually have some some very hyper hyper developed, um, some specially developed technology in their hard drives, where it's going to cut down load times by you know a magnitude more than you would expect from a standard SSD. So I'm not exactly sure how they're going to pull that off. Um, and it's already been said, like looking at this IGN article and I'm looking at reading the story, I'll go ahead and give them a shout real quick, written by Matt Perslow. Um, looking at this, it just seems like this is just a patent that they just make to cover their ass. <laughs> like not necessarily that this is going to be in the system, but either it's already in the system and they're just going to, you know, patent it so no one else can do it. Or they just developed this technology and they have a patent just in case anybody wants to fuck with it, you know? Like, it seems like that type of thing. So, I, I really don't know too much to do with this. I mean, how do you feel about a, a, a generation in which load screens no longer exist? How do you feel about that? Because I don't know how I feel about that. Well, we're already in a generation where we don't have a, a select button. Eh, I mean, yeah. A select button, I mean... You want to be honest, we still have, like, the, the the PlayStation button has become the select button in a lot of cases. Same thing on Xbox, they still have a select button there. And, actually, the Switch does too, now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> like, a lot of consoles still have something reminiscent of that. PlayStation's just the biggest one that, you know, switched it out for something else. But then all the console manufacturers, and then all the developers were like, oh, we're just going to use that as a start button anyway. So, but, like, this is a case where there's no loading screens... Like, you can't have, like, like from that Dragon Ball Z game on PlayStation 2, you, you can't, like, do the little spinny top game while the game's loading. You can't have little quirky things like that anymore, because the game's done loading already. Like, what do you do? Plus, loading has always been a great time for, like, especially when you're playing a single-player game, you're binging, you know, load screen, let me run, go get a drink, go get something to eat. <laughs> Alright, maybe not cook a full meal in the middle of a load screen, but, like, that was always your time for rest. Now... There's no time for rest. I guess you gotta actually pause the game now. It just feels a little weird. To me. I don't know about you, but... Yeah. No, it it does. It does. Yeah. It's not it's not a thing that I think I would miss necessarily, but I would just think about it one day and be like, yo, we really don't have load times anymore. That's fucking wild. So yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's cool that they're developing this technology, and I'm really excited to see how it could be implemented into the PlayStation 5, if it is PlayStation 5. Um, but I guess time will have to tell on this patent. Um, like I said, I'm expecting us to see something at the end of the year at a PlayStation experience, um, but we have no confirmation of that, so please forgive us as we speculate. So... Um, yeah, is there anything else you want to say about this story? Uh, not really. Yeah, I feel like it is a pretty open and shut case when it comes to stories we talk about. I'm actually surprised we spent the most time talking about the uh, 
The Last of Us 2. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which I thought was going to be a very, you know, cut and, or just pretty much point blank story, but now nah, we stretched that one out. Um, so yeah, good stuff all around. So with that comes the end of this episode of the podcast. Um, I want to thank y'all all for listening. And before we head out of here, we're going to go ahead and do a little bit of housekeeping. Um, so as I said, YouTube stuff is going on. We've been doing, there's actually a lot of like cool and relatively new things on the channel since we've last recorded. I don't think, actually, yeah, uh, Flashback Friday is something that has just started on the channel. We haven't talked about it on the podcast yet. Um, now, answer me this, actually, because I don't think I've asked you this offline or off the podcast. Um, that These episodes of Flashback Friday, this is just whoever wants to throw up an episode can. Yeah, so basically it's... Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to, like, separate the whole... Or sort of cut, split the whole LSG plays, mm-hmm. like, in half. So recent stuff from this generation being LHG plays and stuff from like Xbox like 360 and and older yeah mm. okay and like the, fir- the first one I did the first episode was me do- playing uh Eat Lead The Return of Matt Hazard yeah that's a good deep cut by the way <laughs> I'm impressed people know what that game is still but then again I'm not impressed that you do because of course you do <laughs> You, you know every game, damn near. Yeah, and then uh, last week, or this week, I don't remember, I did one for Star Wars Clone Wars Shadow of Heroes. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. That It kind of looks like a Lego game. I actually watched a couple minutes of that one, and I was like, this looks like a Lego game before Lego games. Well, I guess not before, but <laughs> just not a Lego game, which, which is weird considering Lego Star Wars already exists. Yeah, it's... I mean, there's only there's there have only been two sort like games dedicated to the Clone Wars show, mm-hmm. and one is Clone Wars: Book of Heroes, the other is Lego Star Wars Three. Oh, okay. I should actually get my hands on that one. That's kind. Of, that's probably a rare find. Yeah, considering the Rise of Skywalker or the Skywalker Saga. Yeah, remastering all the Star Wars games except that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you take some, you lose some, I guess. Watch them add it for like $20 DLC. Actually, might not be the worst idea. But hey, still. Um, so yeah, like I said, check the YouTube channel. We got that stuff coming. We got, like I said, the Life is Strange Before the Storm. That that series is going to continue um, back after the hiatus I put on it. Um, so yeah, we got a lot of good video content coming up on there. Um, looking at the site itself, we've had some written articles go up recently, so I want to go ahead and highlight some of those. Um, why hold the phone? All right, let me just go to the website because I was looking at the Twitter, and now the Twitter doesn't want to show me anything. Oh, I, I can handle this. Yeah, I'm not sure why that is. Oh, temporary restricted, unusual activity from this account. Nothing has happened. Oh well, I'll, I'll investigate that. Twitter's doing weird shit. We'll, we'll look into it. But anyway, um, there's been a lot of E3 features. Uh, Graydon actually put up um, the 10 best tunes of E3. So giving a shout out to some of the music of the of the E3 press conferences. Or maybe not the press conferences themselves. Wait, actually shit, it is the press conferences themselves. Like just talking about like music from certain trailers and music from 
just certain parts in this is this is a fucking I wouldn't have expected because I saw the I saw the title of this article but I didn't actually open it. I was like, oh, he's talking about like music from different games. No, he's talking about like music from the trailers. <laughs> This is off. This is wild. I actually dig this, huh? So yeah, there's a there's a shout out for that one. Uh, Ten best tunes of E3 2019. Shout out to fucking Let's Go from Trick Daddy featuring Big D and Twista in the Gears of War 5 Escape Mode. Ah <laughs> uh, man, I remember thinking I was the only one who knew what that song was. As my dreads hit the microphone, apologies. So yeah, um, we have that article out there. That's going to be linked in the description down there along with the YouTube channel. Um, Graydon wrote up his favorites of E3. So if you wanted to see just in general what his favorites of the show were, um, he wrote about those. Uh, a lot of like smaller titles in there, things that we didn't talk about during the podcast last week. So stuff like Telling Lies, stuff like Chivalry 2, which got announced, um, and you know a couple of other ones. So there's some good stuff there. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, of course, there's going to be some other stuff on there. The, the typical things. I actually, I need to, wow. I've really been off the planet for a while. PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale has not yet reached, uh, or the PlayStation All-Stars Ultimate Roster Showdown. It has not yet reached 20 matches, so we need to continue that. <laughs> we definitely, I need to get back on that front. Um, so you'll be seeing that from me very soon. So look out for PlayStation All-Stars Ultimate Roster Showdown. We'll have the next week, the next matchup going on. On the Twitter account, you'll be able to vote. On the site, you'll be able to read about it. Um, so look out for that. Uh, we also have Josh. He's continuing his Backlog to the Front feature series with uh, a couple more games in there. Uh, he played... What's this Sonic game he played? I'm trying to figure out which one this is. Oh, I think it's it was uh, Sonic the Fighters. Yeah, Sonic Fighters. That's fucking wild. <laughs> Why is out of every Sonic game? Sonic Media is free on PlayStation Plus last month, and this is what you're doing? Actually, it's free this month, but <laughs> by the time they're listening to it, it'll be next month. Uh, yeah, he played so, Sonic. Yeah. So, so uh, some of upcoming stuff. Mm-hmm. But the next installment of Backlog to the front. Yeah. Uh, my top five, of E3, top five games of E3 2019. Indeed. I need to go ahead and write mine soon, too, huh? <laughs> the LHG Roundtable franchises we like to see on the, on the silver slash small screen. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I need to... I'm going to hop on that one, too. And then the other LHG Roundtable, let's also go up this week. The yes. Favorite D3 Moments Part 2. Yeah. Good stuff. Excited for that one. Oh, y'all already got fucking great picks on here. How dare y'all get the good ones? But, yeah... yeah. I'm going to write some stuff for this, definitely. Um, but yeah, so look out for those features. We got a lot of good stuff coming on the site. A lot of good stuff coming on the tweets. A lot of good stuff coming in the vids. So just support us wherever you can by watching, listening, sharing with friends, all that good stuff. Um, get yourself some nice games in the Steam sale. Get yourself, you know, get yourself a life. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that seemed very aggressive for no reason. Um but yeah, uh, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to, to give a real quick shout out to or pitch out before we uh, go ahead and wrap this thing up? Uh, sleep. Yeah, sleep yeah. sounds good. And we're not even recording that late. This isn't one of my 2 a.m. episodes like I usually do. But 
it's right before midnight so at least we're gonna get off of this thing while it's still the same day we recorded it <laughs> thankfully um so yeah we're gonna go ahead and wrap this thing up so as always this has been emmett watkins jr and i've also been joined here by alan Muir. i guess it's been good here being here yeah it's been good being here too i i've i've been missing the I've been missing podcasting, and I'm glad to be back on this show after yet another hiatus. So, um, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy the show as well, and we shall see you next week. Adios, and keep it real, and keep it drill. Bye-bye now. to the Los Hero Podcast Network.